Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Empower Podcast. My name is Baraj, and I'm joined with my fellow co-host, Abby. And today, we have a very special guest, Shoshana Oriema, who is a senior consultant at Oliver Wyman. Shoshana was incredibly helpful to both Abby and I as we recruited for Oliver Wyman this past fall and is someone that we both really look up to. So without further ado, Shoshana, could you, could you kick us off by just telling us a little bit about yourself? Well, first, I have to say I'm really excited to be here, and you're already already getting me in the feels with that intro, but really <laughs> happy, <laughs> really happy to have been a part of both of your journeys. I can't wait to see what's next for you. Um, but to quickly introduce myself, as mentioned, Shoshana Oriema, senior consultant at Oliver Wyman. I've been part of the firm now for coming up on two years. I did a engineering, uh, chemical engineering and business dual at the Ivy Business School. And so excited to talk about all things engineering, business, consulting, diversity with the two of you. Perfect. I know I'm, I'm super excited for this episode and I'm sure all of our viewers are as well. But I think we could start and kick it off by Talking a bit more about your time at Ivy, especially doing um, an Ivy degree alongside your engineering degree and how that kind of translated into a consulting uh, career. Did you find you know, having that engineering background aside from your Ivy experience as well, uh, something that brought some advantages to you when it came to entering consulting and working within the field? Yeah, so... Thinking back to my experience, I knew that I wanted to go to Western for a chemical engineering degree, but I was also really pulled by the university because of the opportunity to do the dual degree with Ivy, which isn't offered at a lot or, um, you know, a significant amount of Canadian universities. And so I knew that's ultimately where I wanted to end up and uh, joined the Ivy program. In terms of how I ended up in consulting, I did my first two years in chemical engineering and I did an exchange in Europe, which is a really great experience. And I ended up doing my kind of formal internships. My first one was at Unilever and then my second was at Choice Hotels Canada. And so both of those experiences, uh, although they had similarities, they were still in two different fields and, and, and drew on different experiences and skill sets. And so coming out of those two experiences, I wasn't one of those people in Ivy who said, you know, I definitely want to be an investment banker. I want to go into finance. I want to do X, Y, Z. Actually, when I first joined Ivy, I I didn't know what consulting was. And so in the first week that I joined Ivy, there was already consulting recruiting. And I, I knew that I wasn't going to recruit for that because I didn't know what it was and I wouldn't be able to find out and, you know, excel enough to, to get an interview in the first week. Uh, but I, you know, soon learned more about consulting. <laughs> and after my first two internships, I was really pulled or attracted to the idea of the industry because it allowed me as someone with a dual degree, as someone with two different internship experiences and, and you know, kind of educational experiences as well, to be able to go into an industry where I could then uh, get experience across multiple industries. And so one of the great things about consulting, especially here at Oliver Wyman, you go in as a generalist. And so you're able to work across industries, get a better understanding of the 
types of content that you like to work on, the types of people that you like to work on. And so I knew for me, it would be a great experience to work across a breadth of industries, but then, um, you know, I'm going to use some jargon here, build out my consultant toolkit. <laughs> and so really, you know, build, build those skills to, if I decided to one day pivot out of consulting, it would really, again, jargon set me up for success. And so that's a little bit of my journey from university to Oliver Wyman. Yeah, no, thank you. Thank you for that run, Shoshana. And definitely could relate there, just stepping into university, not knowing exactly what consulting was right away and just getting that exposure and starting to realize how how cool it could actually be. And, I, and one thing I heard quite recently is how a lot of individuals do go into business schools because they don't exactly know what they want to do. And then consulting is a further extension of that because of how diverse <laughs> it is in terms of experiences. It's essentially kind of like going into business school for in the future beyond graduation as well. And so you mentioned how you went on this exchange during your time at Western. And I was just a little bit, I was just curious about that in terms of what time during your, um, during your undergrad at Western did you have this experience and where exactly was it? Yeah, it was my second year of chemical engineering in the summer, actually. So from May till, I believe it was about a month, month and a half, it was in Europe. And so it was in France and we were able to spend some time in Luxembourg. We went to Strasbourg. Uh, we were in uh, Switzerland for a bit. And so we, we were able to, nice. to travel, yeah, to a few different places. And it was really neat because... Uh, again, got exposure to different parts of chemical engineering that I haven't necessarily seen in a school or university environment. And so we actually got to tour Eli Lilly, the pharmaceutical company, which was a really, really great experience. Uh, and then we also went to the Novartis campus. And so definitely something for the books. Yeah, I think one of the coolest things I hear about doing exchange in Europe is you're not just well, stagnant within one place because they're so close to each other that you can take a train to, to Paris and, and experience all those things, which is really cool. But was there any favorite part of going to France specifically that kind of drew you towards that for your exchange? That's a good question. It was actually a course offered uh, specifically for chemical engineering students. And so a group of yeah. us went. I think there was probably maybe like 15 of us, and we were actually studying at a sister school of Western uh, that's specific or focuses in chemical engineering. That's, yeah, that, that sounds really fun because not only do you get to experience this con different country, but you also get to bring those friends and um, peers w alongside with you that, you, um, that you're experiencing that place with you. And on that note, in terms of your experiences at Ivy, you were also heavily involved in diversity and inclusion, as we know, you also co-founded a Black Students at Ivy collection during your undergrad. Um, just on that note, how was that experience and how has that passion really translated to your career now? Yeah, uh, another another great question for the podcast. <laughs> uh, I have been involved in diversity efforts since I was in high school. And I think a lot of that plays back to my roots, uh, my I'm half Guyanese, half Ugandan. And so going to, I, I grew up in Richmond Hill. And so the school specifically that I went to wasn't very diverse from that standpoint. And so I was always trying to understand where I fit in, in, in certain environments. And so 
as within the Guyanese community, I'm half black. And so there's a kind of derogatory term called uh, Dugla. And so I, I, that's how people would refer to me and my sister. So, you know, not, you know, fully Guyanese. And then in school, there weren't that many black or, you know, Caribbean students as well. And so I always wanted to be able to create a atmosphere where we celebrated cultures, celebrated people's backgrounds. And so my sister and I, we actually founded um, a week-long event called Culture Week at our high school, where we each day we highlighted a different background or, or different culture that was present within our school community. And then moving into university, as you mentioned, co-founded the Black Students at Ivy Collective or BSIC with two of my section mates. And really for us, again, being at Ivy was another environment where there were, you know, few Black students. We made up about 1% of the total Ivy population. And so wanted to create a space where we could come together, talk about our shared experiences, feel a, feel like we had a community, bring some of our experiences to the uh, administration and really highlight what we have been experiencing, the support and you know lack thereof that Ivy has been providing its Black students and really try to shed some light and visibility into how our experience at Ivy was and, and ways in which they could improve it. Um, ways they could provide support, whether it's through scholarships, whether it's through more representation through Black professionals and Black uh, professors there at the school. And so really trying to help craft the future from a diversity standpoint at Ivy, given our experiences. Yeah, I think, I think, uh, first of all, thank you so much for sharing. I think it's so cool whenever you hear these stories of these different initiatives that other individuals start. I think as a listener, it's quite motivating itself, just being able to see how you're able to actually create action from these different parts of your story. <laughs> and from our end, I think the Empower Podcast, obviously in a different context, was an extension of us um, being able to create an initiative for something that we felt would be quite important as well, right? And on that note, I think after after you started this club, is it still something that's running at Ivy now that you're obviously, um, uh, now that you've graduated from there? Yeah, still running at Ivy today, which is really oh, wow. great, great to see. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's, no, that's really cool. Um, do you, yeah, it's, do you still like go back and like, um, just follow up and see what's really going on with the club and how it's pr probably grown since you've actually started it. Yeah, uh, the the co-founders and I were were still involved, still tried to provide support and mentorship where we can, but really uh, also giving ownership to the, mm -hmm. the current students and, and um, like mm -hmm. HBA ones and twos. That's the the name we use at at Ivy, kind of the right. the first years and second years within the business program. Let's dive into a bit more about Oliver Wyman. One of the first questions we had for you is we'd love to hear uh, from your experience what you really think differentiates OW from other top consulting firms. That's a great question. It's something I get asked a lot when students reach out to me or if I'm at networking events, and I always have the same answer. So I know you both heard this when you first reached out to me, and apologies to anyone listening to this podcast who has spoken to me as well, but I always come back to, say, the Toronto office. The Toronto office has a really unique 
culture within OW. And what I love about our staffing model is that we're staffed on projects throughout the region. So we can be staffed on projects within the Americas. There's also opportunity to be staffed on international projects. But because our American offices are so large and filled with like multiple consultants at different levels, you're typically staffed with an American team when you're put on a new project. And what I love about that is then when we come back into the office after travel on Fridays in Toronto, I'm not really catching up with colleagues, I'm catching up with friends. And I've built a lot of really strong relationships in the Toronto office. And, um, you know, shout out to my start class, January 2021. <laughs> but um, I, I truly consider these people as friends, not colleagues. We do things outside of work. We actually, a, a fun story in my start class, the first time we met, because we started in COVID, was actually on Canada Day. So we decided, you know, it, it, it was our day off. We didn't have to like spend time with one another, but we just really wanted to see each other face to face and actually find out who is tall and who is short. And so <laughs> I think it... <laughs> it really um, creates an environment that allows us to have real relationships, but it's really neat because you have people who, you know, typically in consulting, you're fresh out of university or, you know, you're early, mid, uh, late 20s, everyone's in the similar age range. And so you hmm. have these shared experiences of going through projects, uh, you know, dealing with managers, figuring out how to format a slide, using shortcuts. <laughs> so you have people who understand what you're going through and who you can vent to, but it's more so, and who can, you know, also support you, but it's really from that friend standpoint as opposed to uh, colleagues. I think that that friendship standpoint is super important, especially when you're working in consulting. One quick story I want to share uh, about OW from Barge and I's perspective is uh, one of our good friends at the firm now, Azam, actually invited us to one of the basketball uh, get-togethers that Oliver Wyman uh, gets involved in. And we were actually able to play a couple of weeks ago at, at, at your University of Toronto downtown. And it was such a great experience being able to connect with you know, some of the people at Oliver Wyman before a year in advance of actually starting. And I think that aspect of being able to come together outside of the workforce and, and really enjoy time with the people you're working with is so important and translates so well into enjoying your time at work as well. And I think speaking on that aspect of, you know, the socials and, and the things that people do to get together, what has been maybe your favorite social uh, that the people of OW have gotten together and done uh, so far at your, at your time at the firm? Oh, that's a tough question. Uh, <laughs> I think we have done uh, karaoke and Ooh. that has, and I know you, you both have uh, participated <laughs> yeah. in that, so I know you know exactly what I mean, but I think that um, has been definitely some of the highlights of my first year at OW, uh, and so I really enjoyed, again, just being able to let loose, have fun, be with people who, again, it's more of a friendship environment than colleagues, so th that's kind of a, a staple that I really like, but we had a really great Christmas party as well and so again it's just like playing the good tunes dancing, <laughs> dancing grooving with your friends and so I think those are probably the top two we also had an off-site in Orlando and that was across the Americas and so that was a really neat opportunity to meet project teams that were completely virtual for me because of COVID and really just see how many people there are in the firm when we were all like in the Americas, when we were all together in one place, it was, it was honestly a little bit mind boggling, but 
I think it, you know, it all comes down to having these events to like bring people together and, and talk outside of that project work and actually get to to mm-hmm. know someone beyond, you know, a name on Slack or how well they make a slide or how well they communicate with their team and just truly have that uh, that interaction, that personal interaction. Yeah, no, speaking of karaoke, <laughs> I think I mean I could definitely attest to that being really fun. And I think what I really took away from it is just really realizing that the people at Oliver Wyman don't take themselves too seriously. And that really creates that environment where you feel comfortable. You come in and you really feel like you could be yourself. And yeah, no, that, that was definitely a really fun night as well. On that same note of just like the actual, um, your time at Oliver Wyman being there right now, would obviously the people, that's such a rewarding part. But beyond that, is there anything else you'd like to mention in terms of what else you find really rewarding about working at the firm? My answer relates actually to what we talked about earlier in terms of diversity, inclusion, and equity efforts. I'm actually part of the Empowered team in Toronto. Uh, Shout out to my co-lead, Lisa Chen. We have led the Toronto office for the past year, which has been really rewarding for both of us because it allows us to, again, beyond all that project work, take a step back and understand what are some of the experiences that we're feeling, that our colleagues are feeling that are specific to consulting? And so we've had some uh, events such as a, a round table where we were able to bring together the Toronto office and talk about our experiences. Say, for example, if you're traveling, are there certain cities you might not go to because of how you might experience the city and wanting to protect yourself from that or going through uh, customs at the airport? Are there certain experiences that our colleagues face and what can we do if we're traveling with them to support them and is there any support that they're looking for? And so it's been a really great opportunity to be able to work with the team, to put together these events, to have these conversations, to, to ensure that EVI is top of mind for folks as we move through life at the firm, but even beyond the firm, thinking through what are the experiences our colleagues are going through. And so I've really enjoyed the role and we're actually now transitioning to the Empowered America's leads next year. And so it'll be a new challenge. Yeah, that that Lisa and I are excited to take on. And again, just trying to create connectivity across the different chapters within the Americas and continue to continue to, pro- to progress in this space and provide that visibility and support at Oliver Wyman for, for our colleagues. Uh, yeah, I think, I think it's amazing how you're able to take that experience at ivy collective and that startup you started back in um back in your time at western and now it's translating and you're channeling channeling the energy towards similar causes but as you're saying you're kind of just working your way up and getting these different opportunities i think it's really cool that you're able to do that at oliver wyman and on that same note in terms of in terms of your actual in, in terms of your actual work at oliver wyman is there any specific projects that stand out to you during your time at the firm yeah, and just uh, 
to close the loop on the last comment I gave for those listening who don't know what Empowered stands for. It's mm-hmm. employees of Oliver Wyman enabling racial and ethnic diversity. And so mm-hmm. uh, essentially the mandate of our employee resource group or ERG is to support racial and ethnic diversity and, and truly try to enhance the culture of OW. So just a little a little context there for our listeners. Um, but to answer your question on cool projects, I think for me, I, I've had a unique experience, kind of a little bit of a chameleon in that every project I've done since I've been here has been in a different area, a different industry or a different practice area. So I've done financial services, I've done health and life sciences, which is really focused on US healthcare, I've done CIS, and so in all of these projects, I've been able to get visibility into the different parts of OW and the type of work that we do. Uh, but one project that really stood out for me, uh, which was close to home, was actually some work we did with a Canadian bank, one of the top five banks, and it was really a climate risk assessment to understand the future of climate and the impact on banks specifically from a lending perspective and so as we all know you know we have conversations we see in the news the impact of climate and climate change but it was really neat because we took into consideration if the bank of canada were to impose carbon taxes on emissions how does that impact different industries within Canada? How does that impact who the bank is lending to? And the future, if we look at, you know, in the next 5, 10, 20, 30 years, how does that shift who they decide to lend to and the risk that they're taking on based on um, the mandates put forward by Bank of Canada, you know, the government of Canada? And of course, I think we would also see similar shifts and we are seeing similar shifts globally. And so that was really neat because it brought together what I'm hearing in the news, but also, again, from my chemical engineering background, it was very related to one of the courses I took in fourth year. And so it was a really neat experience for me to kind of tie the pieces of my personal life, my university life, and now my professional life into the one project. I think I always love hearing about different consulting projects because they're always so different. Uh, but I think the one thing that you always kind of resonate with is the impact that's being created, especially within the climate space. I know I've heard a bit about it when it comes to consulting and, and the growing emphasis on it. So it's always great to hear about that. And I did want to touch back on to your last answer uh, regarding the Empowered team. Uh, and one thing I wanted to add in was I actually had the chance to attend a couple of the Empowered sessions that uh, OW Empowered team had both in the uh, summer of 2021 and the summer of 2022. And I think what I really enjoyed about the Empowered team at OW is that it's not just a group within OW helping make that better, but you guys really still tend to the students, portray you know what Empowered is to the students and have those Empowered sessions, which I feel really kind of showcase what you're doing not only internally, but also to the different students that are looking at the firm, which is I really enjoyed learning about. So just wanted to add that piece in there. But I think with that said, we can transition into our, our last topic here, which is more so looking at life and consulting and consulting as a whole. It's definitely evident that you know consulting is a, it's a great place to start your career and you, and you learn a lot with respect to the different experiences you have. But how have you seen yourself personally grow throughout your first couple of years in, in the career? Wow, the Empower Podcast hitting with those tough questions. (laughs) I think one of the, you know, people always talk about this consultant toolkit, but 
But I think in practice, what it truly is, is creating people who are adaptable, who are able to synthesize information, break down a problem. And and a lot of this, you know, might sound like jargon, but I think it's truly the work that we're focused on from project after project. And it consulting is able to produce people who can convey their message or their recommendation in a succinct manner. They're able to look at all these inputs and bring it together in a clear picture. And so for me, it's been really great to be able to not only refine some of my existing skills that I I brought into the job, but also be able to get exposure to areas that I wasn't necessarily an expert. Well, I shouldn't say not necessarily. I was not an expert in and being able to get that support from managers, from teams and (laughs) to be able to grow. I'm now in a position where I'm now sharing that knowledge to consultants who have just joined to apprentices on projects. And it's really great because in doing so and working with them and sharing the tips and tricks, it's a way for me to see how far I've come and what I'm able to to share and pass on to others. And I think what's really funny, I was talking about this with my start class uh, kind of recently, and it, it, we were just reminiscing on the first slide that we've ever made and, and <laughs> looking at w- where we are now. And it's just so, it's, it's funny to look back because it's a, you know, in a, a short amount of time, you experience yeah. so much growth. And I think that's one of the benefits of consulting. And I think why a lot of people join because you're able to gain that experience and those skills and get exposure to high level executives or, you know, C-suite uh, folks that you wouldn't necessarily get at another job. And so you're really kind of thrown into this environment where there's all these different factors but you have that support in order to help you succeed i love how you mentioned there about like looking back looking back at those slides <laughs> it sounds like it sounds like you're retiring and you're finally looking back and having that chat like that <laughs> run of just enjoying everything that you've done but i think that really talk speaks to what consulting is and how fast everything moves and one thing i'm remembering is oh uh, just a common saying that five years in industry is like one year in consulting. And the fact that you've only been at Oliver Wyman for a little bit under two years and you're already seeing all that growth and development really speaks to the life in consulting. And I think, yeah, that was that was just one thing I was thinking about when you were saying that. I like to tell people that consulting is kind of like dog years. Years, consulting years. <laughs> yeah. <are dog> years. <laughs> you know, um, this summer when I was working consulting too, I think one thing that every consultant says is take a picture of your first slide. Uh, so you have that in the future. So I did that too. And hopefully down the line, you can see a lot of improvements, but it's always it's always good to see that progression, especially when it comes so quick uh, within consulting as well. Yeah, no, it's it's really great. Okay, Shana, we're going to hit you with one final question to wrap before we wrap it all up. And it's related to just undergrad students that are probably listening to this episode and that might be interested in consulting and specifically Oliver Wyman. Do you have any specific advice for them on how they can perhaps stand out from other candidates as they uh, perhaps look to apply to this firm? Yeah, I, it's, it's funny now for those who are listening, if I give everyone the same advice, I don't know if everyone's going to stand out. <laughs> Everyone, <yeah. laughs> but what I, what I do think is you really have to 
think about your audience. And so I know recruiting is extremely stressful. You're trying to put together cover letters and your resume. But when we review cover letters, we, we can tell whether someone is truly interested in the firm or they're interested in consulting as, as a whole and they're kind of reusing the same cover letter for each firm. And I think what I really encourage people to do is think about why you want to be a part of that firm. Think about the value that you'll bring to that firm specifically. Think about the conversations that you've had with people at the firm through networking and tie those stories and those experiences and those values into your cover letter and into what you bring to the firm because ultimately <laughs> that that's what we want to see we want to see people that we would be excited to work with people that we know we can rely on on a project and so i would encourage people to think about that and see how they can bring that into their application another piece of advice though that i would want to share with people listening is recruiting is very draining and intimidating and if you're in a school where everyone is recruiting at the same time or people are going for the same roles and you're in an environment where there's a lot of pressure i would really hope that you take a step back and remember not getting that one job is not the end of the world it's it's going to feel like the end of the world i have been there Mm -hmm. But you have so much to offer and you will find a place that's the right fit for you. And so try to block out the noise and, you know, the people in your class who are getting acceptances or maybe they got an interview at the one place you really wanted to and you didn't. But don't let that discourage you. Keep on uh, persevering. Keep on applying. You will find your one fit. But really remember what you bring to the table and someone is going to see that a firm is going to see that they're going to recognize that and they're going to hire you and so it's really easy to to get caught up in recruiting and let it bring you down but lean on your family lean on your friends lean on your support so you aren't going through that journey alone yeah i think i think those are some really good points and that's it's kind of similar to what you've told um abby and i in the past as well and for those listening, it worked out in our case. <laughs> so hopefully it works out for the listeners as well. I think definitely that point about it feeling like the end of the world could definitely relate to that with going through recruitment this fall. Looking back at it, it seems like it, it looks, it just seems like why were we so stressed? And by the end of it, I think everyone really gets to where they're getting to and where they're meant to be. And I think that's just a perfect place to wrap this episode up. I think it's going to leave our listeners with something really valuable as they walk away from this episode. And once again, thank you so much, Shoshana, for kind of squeezing in that time and coming on today. For listeners, um, please follow the Empower podcast to just stay updated with the latest episode releases. And as always, we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you both so much for having me. This has been a ton of fun.